Should we do a city on the edge thing even without the sound? Oh my gosh, I, I don't know if I can handle the self-consciousness of looking into a camera and saying City on the edge, city on the edge, city on the edge. Welcome back to the City on the Edge podcast, the podcast where we tell Albuquerque stories. I'm Ty Benjamin, joining me um, on my screen, which I think is what our viewers are going to be seeing. Oh, yeah. uh, on the bottom is, is Nora. Oh, on my bottom is Mike, but I'm Nora okay. Hickey. Yes. <laughs> And then the other person over here on the left. Oh, I'm in the middle of your tie. You're above me. Hello. <laughs> Scratching your back. <laughs> that doesn't you're, work at all. You're grabbing something I don't want you to grab. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> um, I think Conan O'Brien is so funny how he does this. Has, have you noticed how he's done a lot of really funny things involving the multiple screens? I haven't he watched an animal. Any. He did an animal any. episode where, like, an animal handler was handing him animals, and then it was just random household objects when so he got them. From I can kind of like push on Mike's wall this way. <laughs> this is the extent of my fanciness. We, if we could all see the same screen, we could have a lot of fun with that. I think. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. But, um, <clears throat> all right. So, and that's Mike Smith up there. <laughs> is the point. Or in, yeah. So, and it's been a hell of a week. What and a dark and awful week with glimmers of light. Yeah. yeah. And one Nora, of those glimmers, yes. Scott not I was going to say, Nora's, Nora's kind of in charge of this episode, so I think we should, we should just follow your lead. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's interesting because we talked, I think it was Sunday. Yeah, that's right. That's um, right. That June, seems so long ago. Sunday, June 14th, mm -hmm. only four days ago. And we talked about doing an episode focusing on protests in Albuquerque, on the historical view to the present. And then since June 14th of 2020, a lot, and of course, before that, there was a lot of protests in America yeah. and globally um, against police brutality, racism in general, yeah. um, and, and statues and other monuments to racist structures like confederates um and then in new mexico against colonizers and yeah. terrible people um and then you guys have had your you know new mexico has had a protest come into the spotlight since yeah, we talked on sunday front page of the new york times whoa really? whoa yeah pretty bad so we're gonna talk about that protest um and the aftermath after we kind of get our an overview of the history of protest in New Mexico. Do you, okay. Does that sound good to you guys? That sounds great. Let's do it. Okay. Um, but I wanted to start because we talked about this on Sunday and mm. I was thinking about protest, you know, and what drives someone to do it and what my first memorable protest was that I chose mm -hmm. to go to and why. So I wanted to ask you guys, what was your first protest? why did you do it and if it was to like you know get a little action or you had a crush you know that's <laughs> legit but i think i'll go i can go first because i'm oldest well, right we, so then we can oh. go chronologically that's okay great. i like Good that idea. uh i believe the first protest the actual first protest that i went to was in about 1995 on unm campus Wow. The Progressive Student Alliance was protesting the McDonald's in the Student Union building. Mm -hmm. um, McDonald's at that point had recently 
uh, char, uh, hmm, what, would you, what would you say? They, they had called the cops on some activists in England and they, the activists were, were thrown in jail for distributing critical literature about McDonald's in front of them. So there was like this uh, idea of called McLibel because even though there was nothing Whoa. like factually wrong in the literature, it was like interfering with McDonald's business. And at that point, England had kind of way worse libel laws. So they were thrown in, in jail and then kind of as a sympathy protest, I guess, at UNM campus, the Progressive Student Alliance was, was doing a, um, an action and Ben, ben Tucker, was uh, was arrested and thrown in thrown in jail for that, and so Whoa. that kind of started my um, my uh, experiences with the Progressive Student Alliance. I, I wound up joining that group and being a like a co-chair for a, a couple of years, and we protested wow, the World you, Bank. We got the we got UNM to divest from World Bank bonds and that kind of thing. That's great. Um, and, and there ben, was never a McDonald's in the sub. There was a Chick-fil-A, so maybe you made that happen. Great job, dude. The McDonald's <laughs> went away from the sub. There, yeah. was a, there was a McDonald's in the sub. It took a few years. I'm not sure how many years. Uh, yeah, you know, we didn't even – Chick-fil-A wasn't even on our radar. It was there. At the yeah, no kidding. Time. I hadn't even heard of it at that point. Yeah. But uh, ben, like a southern chain then. Shout out to Ben Tucker, who is actually a fan of this show. And, nice. Uh, probably listening to this one. Good for you, dude. Yeah. yeah, thanks oh, for protesting. Kidding. All protests are good. Fight the power, you know? Mm -hmm. Sorry you got Speak in jail. Against injustice. Ah, oh, he loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I went to his trial, too, and uh, wow. it, was, it was exciting. A lot, of it had, a lot of it had to do with he was wearing this rainbow clown wig and had a megaphone. And uh, Oh, my gosh. A lot of it was, yeah. like, about identifying the guy with the rainbow clown wig, and I thought that was he, pretty funny. He, mar he made himself an easy mark. Whoa. Yeah, well, that, that was kind of his thing back then. How <laughs> many people were there, do you think? I mean, it was, was it? It was small. It was yeah. probably 20 people. All Dude. our protests were small back then. Yeah. yeah. That's, how those, that's how protests were. Like, uh, yeah. I, those are the only protests I ever really knew for a long time. Yeah. Were, like, tiny protests until I went to Boston and saw a couple that were like, whoa, a bunch of people. Um, the year before, they had uh, the Progressive Student Alliance had gone into the Regents meeting to protest um, uh, raising tuition, and they shut it down. They filled oh, that good. room with people and made Dang. too much noise, and they couldn't do anything about it. So, I think there are always more protests than the general public hears about because yeah. people are always you know, trying to speak up and be heard, maybe not always, always, totally. but like often enough, and we don't hear about it. Were you at the protest? What protest? Oh, I didn't even know about it. Oh, you should be yeah. in this one Facebook group, mm -hmm. you know, like, or, uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's uh, like that, that was very common. Like my first, the first I remember was the Montano Bridge. Um, mm, they yeah. were going to build a bridge uh, there and it was like going to destroy the wetlands around there. And, and also open up that community. And mm -hmm. I don't think I went to that one. Um, I don't, at least I, I'm not sure of it, but I, it's like in my memory as like a local phenomenon and like me, like thinking about protests in Albuquerque and like being engaged with the community in that way. But then the, the one that I really you? got oh, into was they, they wanted to put a Walmart in uh, Cedarcrest or oh. to Harris, um, right off of I-40. There's Jeez. a big kind of rocky slopey area at the to Harris exit on the, uh, the north or left side of the uh, the road there and they wanted to put a super walmart in and we just like we like flooded the mayor's meetings forever everyone really freaking cared about that topic so much and you know and you might say it's an example of nimby you know and of privilege and not in my backyard stuff but honestly 
The mountains create air for everybody. They're a beautiful treasure up there. It should be, there should be less private land up there than there is. And the more of it we can protect it anyway, it's a good thing. I well, don't regret it, those it protests or Undoubtedly preserve some businesses there too as well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like the big right. store. Uh, we were really personally invested in it because we had so many friends with local businesses. My mm -hmm. friend Gary ran the Sweet Temptations ice cream parlor. And uh, we had a friend that ran a Chinese food place there. And like there were, there were triangle, triangle grocery. grocery. Yeah. And like just these were people we cared about. And like it would completely have changed the, the character of the mountains up there and so much. Um, but uh, we, we had, sh I still have a shirt that says I don't shop at Sprawl Mart somewhere. Nice. Um, and uh, <laughs> my brother Rob was like, did they just look for words that rhyme with wall? And they're, well, uh, but yeah. That one works. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it kind of makes sense. But people that haven't heard that, that terminology are like, what? <laughs> you know, like, um, but uh, anyway, that was great. And like, we were really rowdy and we like flooded into meetings we weren't supposed to be in and stuff. And Dang. it really was like great for my teenage, uh, uh, you know, uh, anti authoritarian nature good for you man. so it was fun yeah. and um it, and i'm not saying i was a key person in any of that but i was definitely like engaged with it and enjoyed it yeah and uh and and it had results and i was so yep. angry about it still know, no walmart up there. what's that still no walmart yeah yeah there. exactly yeah right on I, I can't imagine a walmart there and has oh ever gosh. anybody in in cedar crest or t harris ever been like i don't want to drive 15 minutes to go to right. walmart in albuquerque you know i wish right. it were here destroying everything around us they also put a blockbuster video up there back in the day, right across from the video store, and people just kept going to the local video store. Oh, and blockbuster good. went out of business. I love the local oh, video that's... store lasted until like last year, or right years back. Oh, man. So I, you know, I love Central New Mexico. If I'm a patriot to any part of the world, that's it. You know, I love like not just Albuquerque, but the desert and the mountains around us, and mm. and like yeah. like we were with Morrow's family in a uh, restaurant, and this mariachi band was playing Arriba Nuevo Mexico. And like, I got more choked up than I've ever gotten. Like, like I was like, it was the closest thing to patriotism I think I've ever experienced. Like, I know about the history of colonization and all the complicated yeah. legacy and stuff. Right. But you know, a big part of anything is just the human side of it. And like, and the geographical natural side of it. And like, mm -hmm. we're in a wonderful place with wonderful people overall. How about well, you, Nora? Sorry. Uh, sorry. Mine was um, we gotta stop, we gotta cut you off every once in a while because you will go. Hey <laughs> man, I'm just like he know. loves New Mexico. Um, <laughs> it was it was a uh, in college freshman year, and it was um someone I was at Kalamazoo College in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and it was a local I think sort of uh, you know pacifist group in Kalamazoo that came to the college and asked if students wanted to join the anti-Iraq war um, protest in DC. So, you know, I was in college. I wasn't into the war. I feel like I, I didn't know that much about it, except I didn't like it. Mm -hmm. And it, the bus trip was pretty cheap. And I thought, yeah, I'm going to go to DC. Yeah. So we bused to DC. It was in oh. February. So it was super cold. Long distance. I remember walking around um in this sort of big group of people i didn't really know and as i've told you guys chumba wumba was there and yeah. i also didn't know that they were you know they singing protest songs or saying <laughs> that they were political all it's I knew not was, all uh tub thumping right right no, their liner yeah. notes are incredible they're like a noam chomsky zine <laughs> i had no idea yeah yeah so it was it was um it was very 
memorable, but it, it felt, it didn't feel as effective as maybe mm. other yeah. protests, you know, like the big war machine was enacted yeah. and well, yeah. That was a weird time. Oh people man. were very, uh, people were very rah-rah even then, which surprised it, me. Like I got it like right after September 11th. I wasn't in favor of it, but I, but I got it. Right. But right. 2003, like it was such a tenuous connection to Iraq and right. you know, it, it just seemed like why <laughs> are we doing this again right like immediately well, people didn't care yeah it felt like i could wear a flag pin in solidarity on my backpack or something with my countrymen right now country people you know like it didn't yeah. feel out of the question or something like that i got embarrassed of it after a couple of days but it was like <laughs> you know like in, in canada though i saw the sign and it was a picture of an american flag and it said god bless america and i was just like that's like the first time i've ever seen that and it's not selfish it's just like, oh, it's like somebody saying it's true. our neighbor, you know, yeah. like, and I was like, that's so nice. And I mean, the president of France was like, we are all Americans. And it was like, there was that moment where it's like, you know, these people have gone through something. Yes, it was as a consequence, a consequence of our support for Israel and meddling in the Middle East since the early 1900s, at least. But, but like, you know, it was still tragic nonetheless, you yeah. know, and, right. and affected a lot of people and really was like a wound in our national right. psyche, you know. Yeah, but uh yeah. anyway but sorry uh no but yeah. Uh, yeah it was yeah but but so it got me thinking you know about protest and how it was used or how it affected albuquerque so i just started looking a little bit and one of the first hits was from the daily lobo mm. and then that took me to the Daily Lobo archives, which are pretty amazing. Yeah, um, they're great. They go all, they the, way go back all to, the way back. Yeah. The Whoa. 20s or something, right? 1890. Well, no. So the oh. first, um, so the, the first iteration of the student newspaper, and it's been all student run, you know, since its inception. So cool. It was called The Cactus in 1895. Oh my gosh. But that only lasted a year and I couldn't find any um, there's no archives of that. Um, too bad. The next iteration was three years later in 1898, and that was called the Mirage. Whoa. And that's when they start having archives. So from the Mirage in 1898 on. Whoa. Um, I want to check these archives. Yeah. Is there still a Mirage? I feel like there's still something called the Mirage. There's a campus. yearbook or something, I, like I MSU or UNM or yeah. something. I'm trying uh, to remember. Okay. Or is it the Alumni Magazine now or something? I bet it's the Alumni Magazine. Yeah. I bet oh. you're right. I think it might be that. I feel like it's been delivered to my mailbox. Yeah. <laughs> Give us money. No. Um. <laughs> yeah, it's part of it. It's a hotel in Las Vegas. No. Um, uh. So that's what, so as I was looking at protest in Albuquerque, I ended up focusing on the Daily Lobo and their record of protest um, and how they reported it happening on other at other colleges and on their own campus. Um, so the first example, and I, I realized as I was reading, but it was the first mention I found of protest was in the January 18th Daily Lobo of 1929. Oh. And it's a small article talking about how a college in, let's see, the, um, the North, in Washington and Jefferson College in Pennsylvania. Oh. Um, it was a report on one of the greatest protests over ever raised against collegiate administration is being raised here over the action of the college ruling board 
banning marriage among the college students. Ah, okay. So showing the power of protest, the students were really coming out against it. um, And they want to be able basically to be married or single as they choose, that it doesn't have an effect on their academic performance. Okay. So was that a thing that, that, I mean, obviously it was. You couldn't be married and be a college student. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So it wasn't on UNM campus, but they were reporting about it. From yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And was it all like that rule went away? I mean, it's crazy to not let people go to school because they're married. Yeah. I was, was like, it all written in um 1920s slang? Like, what's the holly cully there, Dad? It's right. the hoochie coochies and their sweethearts. I'm sorry to say, but no, they really missed out on an opportunity. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then there's, there's other stuff that is happening on UNM campus. And it was kind of, it was protest. I didn't know how big the protest was. It was basically they were protesting maybe sports scores or like game outcomes, matches, um, they were protesting oh like formally or whatever like yeah uh okay they weren't out there there in signs there was a handful of those Uh um and then there was some protests and again i don't know how how um it manifested physically but it sounded like there was a lot of different traditions back at unm like freshmen had to wear a gray colored hat and they had they staged a protest to like we're not wearing these specific hats anymore (laughs) Reti- retired yeah. of these specific hats that was yeah. what their sign said <laughs> down with these specific hats too. i am not wearing this dumb hat <laughs> um i love it there have been mormon protests i've heard about because that was the culture i grew up in where like women would wear pants to church and things like that you know i think yeah like like that's uh, interesting uh yeah i wonder i, I mean clothing can be a a form yeah. of protest. Didn't yeah. people like women had to protest for basic things like that? Right. In, yeah. You know, in the early days of more open-minded fashion, right? And it's it just such sounded a... like the freshmen were like it was open season on the freshmen. Some of mm. these articles, it was like they got sent off into the mountains and like uh, oh wow had to you know right. just these kind of hazing rituals <laughs> that I think were <laughs> cool. Hey, I like that one though. Yeah, <laughs> that huh. sounds fun. You guys would like it, I bet, actually. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but it was really 1935 is when, you know, not that hats aren't serious, but the more um, significant protests start appearing. And uh, that's, that's what interested me um, okay. and what I focused on. Yeah. So prior to that, it's like kind of silly stuff like hats. Yeah. You know, you probably don't want to wear a hat. Or stuff like marriage, which is sort of so alien. Yeah. It's kind of like, well, it's it's hard to, like, wrap your head around it. Like, that. there was a time when that was possible. They could enforce that. They could say, yo, you can't take classes if you're married. So what happened in the 30s then? Is This this is the depression starting, so things are getting more serious all around. Yeah. Um, And basically there's this growing anti-war and anti-fascist movement among students nationwide. Oh, so everybody was protesting Antifa and how horrible Antifa was. No, they were were some of the, 
<laughs> most oh you're being sarcastic aren't I am. you very sarcastic <laughs> yes so no. they're protesting fascism they're protesting yes the they're rise protesting, of um so spain was a big country at that or a big um a fascist movement growing in spain yeah, of course and so that was a focus um hitler was a focus but but it really it was anti-fascist in general and right. anti-war and it wasn't anti-war in the sense that it was you know which i think world war ii gets so often depicted as we have to go help and save people from these atrocities happening yeah right. um and it wasn't you know in the 30s it was and i'll, I'll read you some excerpts of these articles i sure. found but it was it was basically against the atrocities of war you know war, that war is so devastating yeah um, and so the first one I found was, again, um, they start. Sorry, apparently. Oh, it's okay. My, like, I have a professional Zoom, but it's through the university. And, and for some reason, it, it just like, gave you the free. It was just like, sorry, you're done. Oh, man. And now Mike has absconded. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I told him he was boring, too. So. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> You're really supportive. I don't have a lot of friends, and I can't really figure out why. I think uh, it's because um, they're all boring. <laughs> Hello. All right, should we get back to, uh, let's see, we're, we had just gotten to the 30s, and the protests were no longer about funny hats. Yep. Okay. That's right. And we were talking about fascism. We were talking about mm -hmm. um, anti-war anti sentiment. Anti-war, pacifism. Um, right. Right. So basically, in, in the Daily Lobo, more articles appear, again, reporting on other places, but um, this one appears in, two appear in 1935, one October 11th, and it talks about how Western colleges protest Michigan action, and basically at the University of Michigan, three students had been barred from entering or returning to University of Michigan in the fall because of anti-war and anti-fascist activities. Wow. So multiple colleges were responding to that in protest saying, Good. Oh, what the heck? Um, and then another also from 1935 was talking about protest um, that was taken out by faculty on students who were demonstrating in anti-fascist protests. So the faculty was, what were the faculty doing? So students who had been, it was in the City College of New York, um, mm -hmm. and they, 21 students got um, expulsions okay. because they participated in anti-fascist demonstrations. Right. And that was, okay. according to the article, it was meted out, meted out? by the um, city college faculty. Oh, okay, interesting. So there's, you can see a student, you know, there's starting to be more student protest against right. a growing, maybe, you know, will the US enter the war, war in general, and fascism that's growing across the globe. And the colleges at this point in 1935 are coming down on the students who are participating in it coming down against them against them yeah right. was there anything happening at UNM or is it talking it's about it just talking about it um mm -hmm. and then it's in 
1936, where we see UNM join. Um, and there's a global, and that probably more national, let me find it, in April 12th of 1936, um, a, an anti-war demonstration protest. So UNM is gonna join, um, no, the, sorry, this is April 17th. And so the article says, 500,000 students expected to meet in war protest. And that wow. headline's pretty, um, you know, pretty attention grabbing. Yeah. Because at the time, from what I could find about enrollment in the 1930s, it looked like before a big boom in 1940, between 1,000 and 2,000 students attended UNM. Yeah. So enrollment is not big. Right. But that's referring to the national protest. Right, they're going there, or they're yeah. they're joining in. They're joining the national. Yeah, that's right. Cool. Um, this is 1936, you said. 1936. 1936. So, I'll just read a little bit of it. Eleven okay. o'clock Wednesday is date set for local anti-war meeting. War is the subject of a protest by students on this campus who are making plans for a local peace movement. The protest is part of a national anti-war program, which will take place on this campus on Wednesday, April 22nd at 11 a.m. At this time, professors will be requested to excuse students to attend a meeting in the Carlisle Gymnasium. Students from different campus organizations will be represented, backed by the student Christian, Christian movement. Oh. Um, so concerted and widespread has been the response to the call for the student strike against war that more than half a million American students are now expected to participate. Estimated 500 colleges and universities and about as equal number of high schools in every part of the country will witness anti-war actions on this date. So now was there a specific war that they were, were concerned about? Was it just the looming possibility? It, from from these articles, it sounds like the looming possibility of war. Mm. It was a long march, man. That that right. Nicholson Baker book, Human Smoke, is so interesting about everything leading up to it and all the times that, more, uh, if, if we're talking about World War II, that uh, that that um, <clears throat> that it could have been prevented. Um, wow. Yeah, that's that's you know, or, or something else could have happened if we right. just appealed to humanity's better instinct in some way. So just like the <laughs> Spanish Civil Wars around this time. Yeah. So I'm wondering if that's something that they were concerned with. Um, well, and um, a, an accompanying article, <sighs> which I also think is so interesting. So UNM in 1935, you know, the same issue that they're talking about, the war protest. They're also talking about um, a speaker who's going to talk about fascism and how mm. fascism will result from citizens' apathy. And oh. it's a socialist presidential candidate Whoa. who is coming to talk at UNM, um, or he already came. Sorry, this is the report. What is on it? it like Eugene Debs or something? Um, it is Norman Thomas. He huh. was twice candidate for president on the socialist ticket. Cool. And chairs were carried in from the nearby buildings. It was the science lecture hall, which yeah. I'm not sure what building huh. that is now if it stands. But chairs were carried in from the nearby buildings. People sat in the aisles and stood outside mm. on the steps. Several hundred people were turned away. There's the old science building on campus, which is, well, last time I was there, you, a computer pod now, but it's got, uh, it's over by Hodgen Hall. 
uh, Southwest oh, Corner yeah. Campus. I believe that that may have been what they were talking about. I, I don't know. It's not a huge building, that's for sure. I, I remember a Latin American priest saying, when I ask why the poor, uh, well, when I, when I give, let's see, let's see. When I give the, the poor my, my scraps, they call me a saint. When I ask why the poor have no food, they call me a communist. Yeah. You know, like this just basic impulse to try to, obviously communism has been abused in many governments, but so has capitalism. And anytime you have a concentration of authoritarian power, yeah. it, it's gonna get corrupt and power attracts more power and it's gonna get bad. It's like when you had the, the old Bolsheviks in the USSR and then along come the new Bolsheviks. Hey, I see which way the wind is blowing. I guess we're switching to your side now, but we don't have any of your principles at all. And we're just yeah. gonna jump into this. I mean, yeah. it's, uh, it's, you know, that, that quote about those who don't remember history are condemned to repeat it is like, it's true, but it's also kind of stupid because like we all remember it and we're researching all this stuff and we're still stuck here repeating it anyway. Wow. <laughs> well, they, were talk they were talking yeah. about knocking yeah. statues of Confederates down, uh, Mike, which I've learned from reading internet comments over the last week. Uh, knocking over statues of uh, Confederates is, is what we mean when we say those who don't learn from history. Ugh. Yeah. Man, I am, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I mean, and I'm like a privileged white male dude. Like I like, and I'm still just like feeling the electric energy of this moment and this time and that people are speaking up against something incredibly mm -hmm. dark and the, the something that's very dark is reacting. And, right. uh, you know, yeah. Anyway. Well, let's go back to the thirties for now and then we'll, yeah, we'll yeah. get back to the, <laughs> uh, the darkness of the present yeah. soon yeah. enough. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And he's talking about, you know, we have increased our military expenses more since the world war one than any other nation mm. not excluding russia and just how we're spending so much money on it while the wages stay stagnant you know it's it is crazy the resonance yeah. um to this time so that's in 37 mm -hmm. and then in 38 so you can see you know there's there's a uh, murmurs or there's attention to it starting in 35 yeah. and then in 38 they devote a whole issue to it, although it talks about other stuff. But it's the April 27th, 1938 issue. Let me pull that up. And it's, it says New Mexico Lobo. And on one side, it says strike for peace. And on the other side, it says help save Spain. Um, and the leading headline is UNM students join in peace strike. And now are they saving Spain from, um, is it Marcos at this point? Who's the fascist? Or is it? Um, not Marcos, is it? It's not, it's. Um, <laughs> that doesn't sound right, but. It's man. a C, isn't it? Um, <laughs> oh my God, this is, is embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> Cut this part out. Oh no, we're live. <laughs> <laughs> Franco, Franco? Franco. Oh yeah. Franco. <laughs> Um, so are we saving Spain from Franco or are we saving it from the, uh, the anarchists, the socialists? From Franco. Okay. Yeah. That, that makes sense to me. And I'm glad that's the answer I would have chosen. Although I might've said Marcos. And, but I, I have to read this, this, um, it, it looks, it's an editorial piece. You know, it doesn't have an author. It's coming from the voice of the daily Lobo. Yeah. And it says protest for peace. Today at 11, Wednesday, April 27th, 
at 11 in Campus Grove, University of New Mexico students will join one million of their fellows in a nationwide protest against war. Here, as in other places throughout the country, there will be those who see no good in such demonstrations, who complain that they do no good, and who are passively scornful of any action designed to call attention to the mess that is being made of our civilization. Smug in our more or less peaceful democracy, confident that vague forefathers fixed everything forever, it is easy for us to shrug our shoulders, order another Coke, and dismiss the whole thing as no affair of ours. Wow. But peace and security are not divine gifts from heaven. In this world of bitter competition, the right to peace has to be worked for, often, paradoxically, fought for. Those who would intrude on our peacefulness, those who want war are powerful and organized. They have no regard for us. We cannot afford to have any consideration for them. Because New Mexico is remote from the center of things, we should not be lulled into a feeling of security. If war comes, we'll be in it with the others. And when it comes, it will be too late for a protest. A million determined students can be a potent force for peace, but the time to act is now, not after war is declared. This is your rally being held today. Come to it and help make the world safe for sanity. Wow. That's Good for beautiful. the Lobo. Yeah. That's a great little piece of writing there. The Lobo is like, you know, in my in my own researches through it, oftentimes that that Lobo editorial is just right on, you know, yeah. even if it seems like, you know, the, the rest of the, the campus is against them. You, you'll see that a little bit when I do my piece in a little bit here. You know, writing yeah. animated by truth and justice is always better than writing that's not. I mean, it just, uh, when you have something, like everyone yearns for freedom and comfort and security and these basic things and just like, you know, an end to the feelings of restlessness and uncertainty mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Everyone has that. That's like super hardwired in us. And when that comes through in our work, I think it like just gives, it gives strength to it, you know? And it also mm -hmm. gives people a direction to go. And, uh, you know, it's like, I, I don't know. I'm, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Nietzsche said, if you have bad ideas, you can't be a good writer. And I'm like, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. It's like, <laughs> it's okay. I feel like Nietzsche has a lot to answer for, though. Well, <laughs> yeah, you know, well, he was kind of, you know, going insane as he got older. But, you know, I mean, but his chapter titles are so funny. Why I'm so great. <laughs> Why I am amazing. He has a captive audience. Yeah. Yeah, but but, but you know you who know. spoke at that anti-war demonstration? Erna Ooh. Ferguson. Oh, fantastic. Whoa yeah good i assume she was on the anti-war side <clears throat> yes yeah i i'm quoting her in something i'm writing right now i want to read you this good quote but um so it was a university group joined in their meeting by about 250 high school students who were released from classes in order to attend awesome yeah and you said the new mexico christian association well that was actually the earlier one right right it was a student, and that's something I noted in my research, was that often the Student Christian Association, I don't know if I'm getting the name right, but mm -hmm. Christ, student Christian groups were deeply involved right. in the pacifist movement, the anti-war movement. What an interesting um, you know, difference from how we might think of Christian groups today. A lot of the times we, right. we hear about them on the, uh, the other side. Right. You know, beating the drum, as it were. Interesting. And yeah. uh, and obviously, this is about to kind of 
run up against World War II, did this mm-hmm. kind of movement like continue to gain steam until then, or you know, was was change in the air? That well, so this is I you know I kept looking. Thirty eight was the last year that mm-hmm. I saw evidence of protest against the war. So thirty nine, I don't know if the Daily Lobo changed, you know, the editorial staff, if people stopped holding these at UNM, stopped holding anti-war. Things were definitely getting like uglier in Europe. Right. In a way that maybe, yeah, yeah, it felt like you could Remember after 9-11 how they turned up the pressure to be patriotic and stuff like that? Like, yeah, sure. Feel it turn up everywhere. You're like, uh, is everything made out of flags now? (laughs) <laughs> a little terrified right. did, did we move to north korea because i'm like feeling like i'm in just yeah. like trapped in something here well and if you're an anti-fascist in 1939 your sympathies might be drifting from anti-war sentiment at that point yeah. seems seems possible anyway right yeah well yeah because hitler was a real danger and the dude just kept yeah. conquering and kept conquering and had this horrible hateful dangerous right. ideologies but right. like he was met you know, I mean, I am so critical of Churchill, too. Like, to study Churchill is to find someone who was horrible to civilians. Like, mm-hmm. did we need to napalm, use white phosphorus on German families and children, mm-hmm. for instance? Do we need oh. to take it to the cities? Is that really the best way? What about all the generals who parachuted out of, uh, of uh, Germany to try to help maybe break it from within or do something a little more uh, with a scalpel instead of a hammer? And, uh, you know, like, I mean, I, that, that human smoke book messed me up. I could never think about Churchill ever again the same. And he was doing all this horrible stuff in India at the same time yeah. and, uh, yeah. and, and elsewhere. But, but yet Hitler is such a villain that you've got yeah. like, right, right. Get like, okay, it's the movie where all the bad guys get together to fight the worst guy. You know, <laughs> it's like, the uh, Suicide like, Squad, <laughs> 1940s. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, but that's what was so interesting about looking more into this is how I think glossed over the the anti-war anti-fascist movement in the 30s like how significant it actually was yeah because world i mean hitler was terrible you know so yes but but there were nazi rallies in madison square garden i mean like there was there was there were those sympathies too there were prominent sympathizers like so it was close to home too right yeah like it wasn't just hitler it was also these these homegrown fascists well, and that um, in all the stuff, you know, as I started looking more into the student movement, New Mexico, I didn't find any mention of it. So us mm-hmm. three should write a book on it. But it, it's very focused yeah. in New York, in the Midwest, in the um, Pacific Northwest. And I, you know, think of UNM's enrollment in the, in the thousands, Albuquerque by, you know, from 1930, in 1930 to 26,000 something. Huh. 1940 34,000 hmm. you know, and, and students are showing up from the high schools from the university like it was a big yeah. movement made up of pacifists right that sounds like the 60s you know like yeah. teachers taking their kids out to the anti-war rally like mm. 1936 yeah. are you kidding me like that's that is surprising um unfortunately i did already decide to write my book about the gray hat protests and once you make that decision, you're kind of locked in. So make it relevant. Bring it home. By the end of the book, we're all crying, thinking about just how significant it is. Oh my gosh! I'll never look at <laughs> the same again. Just be glad that your your ancestors fought 
so that you didn't have to wear a gray hat when you were a freshman at UNM. <laughs> oh man. Wow, Nora, this is amazing research. Impressed. You've done great work already. Thanks yeah, for the Daily cool. Lobo for being having these archives online. Lobo's well, great for this stuff. It takes work though. Yeah. Thanks. Well, I'm protesting it. how cute this kitty is. It's too oh. cute. I'm <laughs> protesting the fact that you're protesting that. That cat that cat's cuteness should be embraced. What's that one's name? This is Marceline. Marceline. Or Marcy. Okay. Marcy. Aww. Hi, Marcy. Yeah, she's so sweet. And there's three cats? No, just two. Just Every, two? We're on a new generation of cats now. All our older cats died. Yeah. Liver yeah. failure, kidney failure, kidney failure. R.I.P. Beef Over child. Over a year. And now we just have these sweet little kittens. But they're mm. awesome. They're like, we, the, the people we got them from, we got them from just a random house in the South Valley um, that I found through a friend of a friend on, on Facebook. And um, I didn't know them before, but they were really cool people, but uh, they don't apparently spay and neuter their animals because they seem to always have kittens there. And they, they, <laughs> they uh, no judgment, because, but these, these kittens were really, really cute. And uh, they've just been, they've, they're great. Yeah, you can't judge them, you came out ahead. Yeah. 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 They're wonderful. They gave, they got, they found homes for all their kittens, but these kittens are so loving that I'm like, well, maybe these are the kind of people that should be raising animals because they're like the sweetest cats that have like, obviously like grown up very safe and secure yeah, yeah. and uh, nice. You know? But it's, it's, you know, it's great when you have animals in a home, you have like a presence, you know, you get home and you're like, hello, how speak oh, to me it. the yeah. house represented by your avatars that you've had, you know, so weird. <laughs> well, Nora, I think that was that was great stuff. Okay. I mean, did you have more to to talk about there? Or is that no that because that's that, the resting point. That was kind yeah, of the resting point than World War Two. And that's we so good. Yeah, we talked about you know going into maybe this uh, this protest in 1960. I kind of feel now that I I don't want to piggyback on this right now. I feel yeah, like we've think, we've had a good okay. you know good talk about that. Maybe maybe we should yeah. do kind of a series of episodes. Let's do three. Let's let's yeah, break it into three, three because we that's have... a great idea. Yeah. yeah, and so I can talk, I don't want to about, talk about anything else right now, anyway. Well, and then you know we can kind of now talk about this, the situation uh, that happened Monday. Oh yeah, the shooting over at the Onyate statue. Yeah. Um, and then you know just kind of through the the next few episodes, we'll kind of choose a different, uh, protest or or action or something to focus on. I, I would like to urge all of our listeners, if we have any, I don't see any numbers on this screen. We were probably it's, just talking to each other. It, it, we're literally just talking to each other because it's oh. not, it's not <laughs> playing live anywhere. Oh, this I is, see. Okay, uh, you got to edit it or something. Okay, all right. Yeah. I mean, we okay. can do that next um, time. I think that'd be fine. That would be interesting, yeah. Yeah. Um, I wish I could find this History of Activism book by Jack Putz. Um, Jack Putz? Really useful. I think it's in my Southwest uh, section, not my New Mexico section. Uh, and it's also kind of a recent acquisition, and that always throws me off. I never, you know, I don't know where they are yet. Um, so let's but, uh, let's do a quick rundown on uh, on Monday night, Mike. I feel like yeah, what know, happened? Yeah, let's get the okay. full color commentary from Mike here. Cats uh, attacking. Okay, so we can get well, a few more not, one star reviews. It's not it's not it's not uh, funny at all no, what happened. But um, there are. It's a mostly horrible story with a couple of beautiful elements to it. Um, uh, so on this was Monday night, right? 
Um, yep. There was a protest at the statue of Onyate surrounded by colonists. Is that a Betty Sabo piece? The one it's Betty Sabo and uh, Rivera. I can't remember. Okay, his and that's first and name. she's the one that did my least favorite public sculpture of all time, modern art on UNM. Yeah, yeah. I, I love fashion. that. I, I thought that. about getting a bulldozer and just knocking wait, it wait, over. Wait. So many times. Did you say you love the modern art sculpture on UNM campus, <laughs> Nora? Because yes. there might be a conflict here. Art. <laughs> Mike it's, is. It, it shows mansplaining, and I I think oh, I love it for it. Nobody can believe the art. They're all just like I have never seen. No, look at the male statues are are the women are oh. all like huh, and the uh, guys are like yeah. An interesting dimension that I had not considered. She's a grotesque, realistic sculptor who focuses yeah. on the pores of everybody, apparently. Well, like, she, I mean, I, I think all her stuff is like Burton-esque. It's just like like Uncanny Valley, man. Yeah, kind of. But like, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I will say she has, she died in May of uh, 2016, oh, yeah. so. Oh, yeah. Sorry, she actually I'm, was uh, for taking it down, I heard. Um, is really? that right? I don't know. Is that, is that, is that correct? No. Oh, okay. Onyate? You the mean Onyate? At the place, but. Oh, Is that the, right? no, she died in 2016. Oh, okay. Rivera, maybe. That's that's one of the rumors going around okay. right now. Okay. Now, this yeah, is the same. Correct. So it's Rivera is the same sculptor. He worked he worked with Betty Sabo on this piece, but he is the sculptor of the Onyate statue at Alcalde, which also got removed last week, uh, but supposedly just for safekeeping until yeah. a later date. So... It would be very interesting if that is the case that he was in favor of removing it. Oh, it's not clear at this point. Also, Betty Sabo so obviously models all of her sculptures on the whitest family members anyone's ever had. They're all Rockwellian, all shucks, corn-fed, super white faces. All those modern art faces, none of them look like UNM students. They look like they're from like Connecticut. That's a good point. I like that Nora <laughs> is is making a claim for it being a commentary. That it's yeah. it's about mansplaining. She's saying something. I mean, oh, I, that's a good takeaway. If you can find something pleasant in it that, and get past the aesthetic stuff. Most of the um, stuff of hers I've seen has not particularly seemed deep, though. Like, she's got some statues of, like, a skateboarder corny. on a corner kind of stuff. Like, yeah. it doesn't strike it's me as... It's myth-making. It's dumb. It's sub-Rockwellian. I'm, <laughs> I'm ready to say, maybe, maybe <laughs> Nora's on the right track here. Huh. I'd love to see her kind of rehabilitated in my eyes. So what happened with this Betty Sabo? <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. that's right. Well, anyway. Okay, so, sorry. We really went, got off here. Like, uh, the, uh, Scott, if you ever watch this, I'm so sorry, man. I have really, I've shed some tears for you, man. We're not just joking around. He's pulling this, through. No, seriously. Yeah, like, like. I feel like I'm feeling a lot better about my, uh, my commentary. He's pulling through. But go, go on. Uh, I would just like to urge everybody, before I tell this story, to go listen to today's episode of Let's Talk New Mexico that Ty is the host of and that Thanks, Marisa man. DeMarco was interviewed on and that many other great people were talked with on. It's so essential. It's a, it's it's a pretty best, interesting yeah. episode, I got to say. I learned summary. a lot. Yeah. yeah. June 18th, 2020. Read all KUNM's writing. Hannah Colton, Marisa DeMarco, everybody over there, they're, they're, they're doing, doing a the fabulous job. Ty Bannerman. Um, but, uh, I help edit. <laughs> man, it's, it's, you know, it's such a, it's so refreshing to see and hear the truth after like seeing KOB and the, like the unfair way that they spin it protesters clash one shot i mean like you know yeah. wait what no that's not what yeah. happened we were you know they were terrorized by a, a right-wing group and they're little yeah looking lackey stephen ray baca jr um so okay so 
everyone's there. They're tearing, uh, they're trying to tear the statue down. They're impassioned speeches. There are many indigenous people in the crowd there. They're singing. This is, I've, I was not there that night. I didn't really understand that it was happening because yeah. I haven't had Facebook and Messenger on my phone and that's where I would usually get updates on this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, I was just following the story about the one getting torn down in Northern New Mexico. And so anytime I saw chatter about the Oñate statue, I was like, well, that must be that. There was somebody who tweeted, let's do the one in front of the museum next. And I was like, yeah, but like- Did you realize that was an Oñate right statue? You know, I honestly thought it was Coronado. And yeah, I, think that's, I always thought it was Coronado. But then that's stupid of me because Coronado wasn't a colonizing expedition in the same way that Oñate's was. Like they no. were more of an exploratory one and that's obviously like pamphlets and stuff. Yeah, good point. So it, it was Oñate. It is, yeah, definitely is. confirmed Oñate. Okay. Yeah, and, and that guy deserves no monuments. No. And his name is all over everything. There's a Don Juan de Oñate Park not far from my part of town. And Hey, your name's an Oñate Hall. Yeah, exactly. There's Oñate Feed. That's the only brand I can get for my chicken. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know that brand well. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, well, like that's the only... It's a murderous, bloodthirsty brand of chicken feed. I mean, I understand. For some, you know, semiotics are crazy. Like, different things represent different things to people. And like, but it, to me, to to just go with that positive side that it's like your family's history or something yeah. like that is, is you know, it. there are better things to represent that. How about let's have a, a mother, you know, of a family with with the children. Like that's like a, how, like you want to make a symbol to somebody that's still a colonist symbol, but it's like, you well, know, it, a, a real person that didn't have a nasty agenda off people's feet and it bears repeating the spanish at the time tried convicted and exiled oñate from new mexico due to his barbarism and the spanish and whatever what are well, you talking about seven sixteen uh yeah uh, 20 or whatever yeah. they were not known for being a bunch of crybaby liberals like myself and 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 you guys like the they you had to really mess up to be on their shit list yeah yeah, no kidding. I mean, same with Coronado. I mean, he had the first trial and the, the mm -hmm. first book about abuses of indigenous people. Well, that was, no, the first book was from Cortez, but, but um, uh, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, there's that book about Coronado. Um, uh, oh, what's his title? It's like a phrase, some bad things have happened, or, or oh, some, yeah. some form of that phrase. Um, some yes. very great crimes have been recorded or some, something like that. But, um, uh what are we talking about? Oh, so the protest. So um, uh, that night, people were there, and these militia goons showed up. And I have seen these people driving around town. They have this yeah. paintball van. It's like got the wraparound uh, decal. But I'm sure what it is is so when people look in their windows and see a bunch of guns, they think, oh, paintball. Oh. But like they on the back of the bumper, it says COVID scam hoax. Have you all seen this driving what? around there before? They're yeah. COVID truthers too? Yeah, I didn't COVID know COVID scam hoax. Oh, my God. And uh, so these guys are just like, how can we be on the wrong yeah. side of every issue? I, I followed that van for like a mile on the freeway one day so I could get a picture of it. I have one in my my uh, phone somewhere. But because um, I'm always like, you know, weird. I'd like to document things over this weird time we're in. You know, maybe get a book out of it 50 years from now when everyone's feeling weirdly nostalgic. Um, <laughs> Do you remember but, when everything sucked? <laughs> wasn't that great? Oh, yeah. But it wasn't as bad as now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> Don't no, say okay, that. Okay, so, so uh, well, then, you know, just because climate change is real and uh, authoritarianism is on the rise. Oh God! So, 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 
So anyway, so this group of direct action, positively motivated people were there and they were swept on the momentum of what has been happening in this country, tearing down the statues of terrible figures. Um, and uh, many of which were just like slapped up during like a Daughters of the Confederate, uh, yeah. Confederacy uh, statue building spree. Cheap statues, statues. easy to tear yeah. down. Early 1900s, not important at all, just racist junk. And uh, so anyway, so they were there and in that same spirit, they were, it's called direct action. You know, I recommend this really fascinating paper, The Decline and Fall of the Spectacle Commodity Economy by Guy DeBoer. I got this at a vigil recently. And it talks about how when we allow property to hold us hostage, then it always will. Like if like if it, property is capital's representative, and capital is capitalism, <laughs> is it, and and uh, if we are always held to that, then we what is our threat? What what can we say? Uh, do whatever you want to us. We're just gonna yell really loud, you know. We're just gonna yeah. like no like. At some point, everything needs to be on the table. Would Martin Luther King have been as effective if Malcolm X hadn't also been there, like, you know, suggesting, well, we could also not do it this more peaceful way, you know? <laughs> like, I, I mean, honestly, like, right, I think no. the threat has to be there. Am I getting a little bit yeah. radicalized? Maybe. Right. But, but uh, I think it's like, this is the time for it. This is the time to speak up, and there can be no compromise with fascism and death. So anyway, they, they were there... Uh, these militia goons start showing up. They have so many guns. I don't know if you all have seen the, the photos of all yeah. the guns that were taken just from the people that were arrested. Gross. It's like a, a table. And like, and many of the people that I talked to at the vigil the next day and walking around the next afternoon um, told me uh, just how, they, that was a detail that seemed to stand out for everybody, just how many rounds of ammunition, magazines they were yeah. taking. I mean, and if you fly. if you bring that kind of weaponry to a protest, yeah, it's because you're threatening to use oh, it. You right? want it to happen, yeah. right? Good point. You're all like, testosterone, and why you're bring like, it? You know, just put a gun like, in your hand. Your testosterone level rises, man or woman, it doesn't matter. Like aggression <laughs> comes into your body, cortisol. Like like it is such a powerful weapon of death that it just it unlocks all of that, and no one's thinking clearly just by having that on them. Right. By the way, I flipped my uh, my image around so that when I look at you, it oh. looks like I'm looking at you on the screen because I was having I was getting irritated because oh. it was constantly Sorry. on my Too screen. Much context like uh, and but, side stories. Okay, so everyone's there. This militia is there, but also this guy Stephen Baca Ray Stephen Ray Baca Jr. is there. Yeah. And he apparently unaffiliated with the New Mexico Civil yeah, Guard. Apparently. apparently, yeah, yeah. But wow. they're declaring the Bernalillo County Sheriff's Office. He was investigated by Larry Barker in 2012 for violence. Was Did you fired. watch for that? For real? What's that? Did you Wait, watch that? The dad no, was? I haven't, I haven't yet. It's, but I will. No, no. Stephen Ray Baca was on Larry Barker. He got kicked out of the Air National Guard in Albuquerque due to a series of um, infractions and a pattern of violence. Now, interestingly, oh. if you watch this Larry Barker thing, it is the most ridiculous thing because they sort of mention that, but they make it all about whether or not he wore his hat at a convenience station um, because that was apparently the last straw. But at one point, they show a literal pile of paper of all his violent infractions that he's had. <laughs> They're like, oh is, my it, God. is it fair for this man to get kicked out of the Air National Guard because he wore his hat to a convenience store? I'm like, well, oh wait, you just mentioned a pattern of violence and a bunch of like infractions, but Typical. that's not what they went with. Yeah. It's like, I'm Larry Barker. I don't care. And change is not real. 
I do not Wait, care what? for this Larry Barker fella. I don't know much about him, but what I've seen, I don't like. Yeah. Huh. Oh my God. I can't believe that. So, total creepazoid, armed with mace, violent gun. There has been photographed with a MAGA hat, has, uh, sure. was ran for city council in 2019. I think he's affiliated with this AM 1600 station I occasionally hmm. uh, listen to just to like get warned if people are coming to board at my house and set it on fire. Did you and, read his uh, council statement? Um, God, it's yeah, amazing. Yeah, anti-homeless. He's, a He's like, here's how we take care of the homeless problem. We need to arrest them for more petty crimes. <laughs> uh, he's 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 terrible. This There's like nothing good not about this guy. Nothing. I feel bad for him, but uh, he's a, he's a problem. And so so anyway, so this guy is a loose cannon. There, he's on the same team as the militia people, and they seem to yeah. be aware of each other. They're certainly aware of him after the incident. They're doing and, the same uh, kinds of things. He gets up in there, and there's like there are people who are there specifically to keep people back, right? And mm -hmm. so they're um, they're uh, one has a sign taped on her shirt. She looks like a young woman. I think I've seen her at Gold House shows, mm. and like she's suddenly pulled down. I don't know. No, that's probably wrong. But um, but uh, but I I see her pulled down and uh, like. She hits her head on the sidewalk so hard, and then when you interviewed yeah. Marisa, Marisa was right there and saw yeah. all of that. It and hit then, her. It hit her microphone. Yeah, the lady her, hit her microphone. Out of her hand, right? Yeah. That, that was said, and, and so she was she's, slammed down, is what I saw. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah that, that video, video is brutal. She's it's like, blocking she be okay? him. Her back is to him with yeah, arms. She's out. not pushing him. She's standing in like front of him. Seventy-five-year-old man in and New York. And he grabs hard. her forcibly. Yes, and throws her to the ground. But she wasn't bleeding, I think, so maybe it wasn't as hard as that guy, that guy but, but she was bad. definitely thrown bad. She, Marisa reported a crack sound, too, and I've heard that from mm. a bunch of people. Like, a, oh. like, she hit hard. Yeah. And, and uh, so, anyway, uh, he also maced a woman in the face, and he threw somebody else down. He was, like, on a rampage, and he was yeah. brandishing a gun and waving it around. And at this point, the crowd was like, get him out of here! Go home! Go home! And they're in one of the videos, it's edited in such a way it starts right after people start chasing him. And you have some right. of the more like, uh, like Antifa all the time, dudes. And I'm like, I'm on their, their team, but they're like wearing black with face masks and they have skateboards. And they're just, skateboards aren't a weapon. That's not, they, they skateboarded there. I'm sure of it. Yeah. I know these guys. And, uh, like, and they, they start whacking this guy as you would with anything you could grab to get yeah. the man who's brandishing a well, gun. Away. And who's, who's throwing people to the ground, who's attacking people, who's been pushed out of the protest yeah. more than once at this point, by the way. So, so he's, he's been pushed out and come back yeah. again. So if the very dubious photo of, of somebody uh, in the crowd holding what looks like a small knife. I want to just make absolutely oh. clear. I have looked at the footage. That is not a knife. It is a pair of glasses. Mike's going to say that it's fine if it is a knife. I'm perfectly but happy with you having that opinion, that, but it yeah. was not a knife, just to make it absolutely clear. That was not a knife. Right. It's a pair so, of glasses, and there's multiple pictures of him holding the glasses. And in oh, the slow-mo footage, you can glasses. see them skittering. It's a pair of glasses, and you can see after he gets shot. Oh, my God. Yeah, not you to... Spoilers, I guess. Um, he I he drops that. the glasses, and you can see them skittering across the road in the slow motion footage. Oh, but wow. carry on! Thank I just you, want to make good journalism, man. Absolutely good journalism. clear, it was not a, a knife. 
in any way. There is no actual Thank evidence you. of a knife. All right, wow. I'm so glad. The, and and that somebody yelling about kill him, that is Stephen Baca. And and I have had like this that. verified from multiple people that were there. That is yeah. Stephen Baca wow. who yells. He is the one that says something about kill you, gonna kill you. Uh, but yeah. so anyway, uh, one of my friends apparently was holding him briefly beforehand, but then briefly thought, I think this guy is an undercover cop. Like he's moving mm. like a cop or something like that. And uh, then he loosens his hold briefly. And I know he feels bad about that, but nobody would follow him for the kid. Yeah. I'm recording this thing. Get out of here. Oh, yeah. don't get bad. He's a child. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like this totally serious, dark subject. And my children will not like leave me alone for an that's, hour. That's the joy of having children, right? Like, <laughs> It's just on cinema at the cinema. It's like, <laughs> like, so, um, um, okay, so, okay, so anyway, so, with the so the dude gets out, he gets out from this guy's grip in this moment of hesitation, and everyone's going for him. So I don't think, any, I think everyone's probably overthinking their role in it and everything like yeah, that, and blaming probably. themselves and stuff like that. And I hope my friends won't do that because, you know, I, I saw the video, in the video, what I saw was everyone trying to help and everyone trying to fix. And when our friend gets shot four times, maybe oh, I don't know how many times by this guy. It sounded like four. Is it four? Um, at uh, least four, maybe five. At least five, four, maybe five. Yes. When he gets shot, I mean, like, my heart is in my throat watching this stuff. I know this guy. Uh, when he gets shot, I mean, he's a, a seen friend. Yeah, and uh, an important dude, a pillar of the community, took all these supplies out to Standing Rock back when that happened. Like, it's just mm -hmm. like he puts wow. his money where his mouth is. You know, like, he's just... He's a, he's, he's, he's a genuine, a genuine good, good person in the scene. And um, do you mind and, if I add to the timeline a little bit here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just, uh, I've been, <laughs> I've literally, you know, I, or more, yeah. I have been watching the video footage all day today. And in okay. particular, this one slow motion, uh, stabilized footage. I mean, you can go like frame by frame and see how it unfolds. So this guy, Steven Baca, has left. I think he's actually been hit by a skateboard at this point. It is not clear to me. But so he leaves the uh, he leaves the area. He's walking to his car. A woman sort of runs up to him. He turns around and she stops dead. I don't exactly know why that is. It is not clear on the footage why that is. It may be because he has a gun in his hand at this point. Oh, okay. cannot tell right she so sees that, it and stops because she's free yeah, just the way that she stops makes me feel like she saw something that made her stop. i've stopped like that when i've seen a gun before so then he starts running she then runs after him and another guy i believe the guy who hit him with the skateboard the first time starts running after him they tussle um he gets pushed to the ground this is all too far away at this point to actually see what's happening in the video then the guy who eventually gets shot is running up there. And at this point, the person with the camera is close enough that you can see the tussle and you can see that Steven Baca has a gun in his hand at this point. So uh, I, I don't want to use the guy's name, but the, the victim, the shooting victim runs up, picks up the skateboard that has fallen on the ground that the other guy hit Steven Baca with, and he picks it up. And you can clearly see that Steven Baca has a gun in his hand. So my guess is that the victim also sees that he has a gun in his hand. And then he hits Steven Baca on the head with the skateboard. Steven Baca gets up with the gun in his hand. Um, the victim drops the skateboard, holds up both hands, and starts to back away, at which Whoa. point 
Stephen Baca fires. And the victim then turns around and you can see muzzle flashes for at least three shots, maybe four. And then if you listen to the audio in a different tape, it sounds like at least four, maybe five. So he shoots him one, two, three times that you can see on the tape. It pans over to where the victim is. He has glasses in his hands and he drops them and they go skittering across the ground and then he falls oh onto his front. So that that's the sequence of events as far as I can tell. Like you can see that the gun is out when the victim gets there with his skateboard or and picks up the skateboard to hit him with. And you can see that um, he has his hands up when the guy starts firing. Oh, my God. And that there's certainly no knife. It's a pair of glasses. Like, that's clear as day on that. And where does, where does this all stand with, with is, is Baca, Baca has paid bail and is out of jail, and they're, they're still Probably. not sure what charges? No. Is he out? Probably. You think he is? I bet he is. I mean, that police I, report said he was checked out. There was a GoFundMe to raise money for him to get bailed out, and somebody was petitioning Don Jr. to try it <laughs> on Twitter. I'm Don like, Jr.? Oh. Yeah, they oh, were like, Don, Don Jr., help oh, get this poor oh. innocent man who was attacked by a mob of Antifa out of. Oh, uh, yeah. And it's like, and Steve Pierce and another vile. Uh, yes. Uh, right-wing toxic person did an event with the New Mexico Civil Guard at out of Pajarito Mesa. And sure, it's for water for them, but like they get no points for that stuff. It's performed with smokescreen. What they really wanted to do was ally with them and say, hey, we're on these creep side. This is a culture war. And the DOJ, sorry, the GOP (laughs) at first condemned the shooting and then withdrew it. Oh my gosh. Wait, the NMGOP? Yeah, the New Mexico Headed by Steve Pierce. Which, I'm sorry, I thought I put the Tupperware container on his, the lid on his container in the fridge on tighter, but he oozed out <laughs> he always and oozes became out. the head of the New Mexico DOP. Yeah. So, okay. So they uh, dropped the um, shooting charge against Stephen Baca at this point. We're just charging him with being a good citizen. <laughs> They're charging him with aggravated battery. <laughs> Yeah. Being a good friend to me in a, in a hard time. Aggravated Maybe. battery, which is a felony, two petty misdemeanor counts of battery, um, unlawful carrying of a deadly weapon without a concealed carry permit. Oh, he didn't even have a permit for the gun. And they dropped anything to do with the shooting at this point, although they're saying that he could be charged in the future. Um, By a different... And they're they're oh they're handing over the investigation to state police. The which, city's gonna burn if they let if there's not justice regarding this story, there there is there are going to be consequences. I mean, yeah. seriously. Like it's like the, this is a very real thing that's happening. Here's what they do though. They sit on those charges for like a year. Oh. And then next year is when there might be a trial or whatever. And then, you know, they're, they just, they sort of hope everybody's kind of tired of everything at that point. Um, I'm glad the victim has a good lawyer from what I hear. And does he? They're collecting all the video and. Wow. That, um, 
And, and no. he's doing better, right? I have been to protests with this person. This is not a violent person. This is a, this is a good person that cares a lot about people. And this person's parents are so amazing. I met them at the vigil uh, the next night. And fortunately, you know, our our friend, our community member, like, you know, I feel like he's a friend to us all, you know, <laughs> with, with like, like, don't you feel like we're all invested in this story? Like, this is our community, you know? Like, yeah. whether oh, you sure. know Scott or not personally, you have, I bet you have a million mutual friends. Albuquerque like, is so uh, small yeah, in like, some ways, you know. I bet, like, you, I bet you both met him, honestly. You've gone to enough cool events. On approximate, um, approximately this, you know, what is he like? He's probably in his 30s or something. But, you should uh, go. It's about okay. 10 o'clock. Root for yeah. Scott. Yeah, good night. Cut all this stuff out. Um, yeah. <laughs> night, everybody. We will. <laughs> Thanks, sir. See you. All right. No, okay. no, no I love Laura. you guys, and I'll talk to likewise, you. Likewise, likewise. Thanks good for all the research, Nora. That was awesome. All right. Bye-bye. Okay, bye.